Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Welcome, everyone. If you love your boxing and MMA, this is the show for you. Fight Night Extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis. Today, myself and Gareth will discuss Saturday night in Manchester, where the Misfit card was the talk of the town and of social media. In the ring, Tommy Fury edged out KSI, and before that, Logan Paul made light work of Dylan Dennis. We are going to hear from Dennis. He spoke with our colleagues at Talk TV and reflected on the event as a whole, which has reportedly done well over 1 million pay-per-view buys, which is incredible. Uh, only one live card, unfortunately, to look forward to this weekend. Jack Catchell takes on Jorge Linares in Liverpool. One card that won't be going ahead, though, is Joshua Boazzi versus Dan Aziz. That fight has been postponed after Aziz reportedly picked up a back injury earlier in the week. Plus, we're going to talk a bit of UFC as well. Huge card this weekend in Abu Dhabi. And also, the controversial split between the company and USADA, sparked by the return of a certain Conor McGregor. Look, loads to get through as always in the hour. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. To the winner by majority decision, Tommy When you get so close to a fight, it's one of them things, it's risk-reward. You you have to get them sessions in, but then there is always a risk of, you know, getting injured doing them. I can see Jack Catchell maybe even fighting the Regis Pro Grade yeah. Devin Hayden winner. You know, that's a big fight for him. But that Josh Taylor fight commercially with the bad blood is one that I would love to make. Not a single person ever went to USADA and told them anything other than Conor McGregor would re-enter the program when he was healthy. And in doing so, we would require him to be in the program for six months. Mr. Gareth A. Davis, how are we, sir? Very well, thank you, Addy. Always a pleasure. One of the great moments of my week um, in the program to spend an hour with you, digesting and looking ahead, reviewing, previewing all the events. Mm. I'm still... Um, I'm still masticating, if you want, chewing over um, and still feel slightly ambivalent about the Misfits cards last week. I'm obviously, I was up there from Thursday in Manchester. It felt like some of the biggest nights I've ever been involved in, in whether that be heavyweights, Joshua and Fury in the UK, big events with Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather in Vegas, as big as that it felt as an event. Yeah. There was a gloss of WWE around it all. It was over dramatic at times, but it's a different milieu from mine. I'm glad I'm in it, but I came away thinking this is so enormous, even to the point of Michael Buffer doing the final announcements and the stars there from music, entertainment, sports. But when the bell went, I wondered if people were really entertained at home, you know? I mean, Weirdly, the fight I look back on that most entertained me was the tag team boxing between those four young kids. That was that, sensational. And, and they put a smile on everyone's face. Yeah. Um, it was a weird and wacky night, and it was a weird and wacky week is what I'll say. It, it was. And again, I, I saw you on the Thursday. I was up there from the Wednesday, and it was just carnage. And I, I say carnage in, in, in a good way. It wasn't... Yeah. It wasn't 
anything I've not seen before, but it was just taken up by a hundred times. John Fury smashing the cage. You were there. I saw you right there front and center to witness that. Um, the cut. So everything, it's almost like the build-up. Is the fight on? Is it off because of Logan getting the cut? Um, but then I heard on Sunday morning that it done over a million pay-per-view buys. I think the, the final figure is like 1.3 million. And I mean, me and you were speaking about this last week and we both had our guesses. I think we said around 600,000. I said it might touch a million. Yeah, you were for right. It, for it to get over that figure is incredible. It really is incredible. And, you know, even if I can just mention it, the, the live watch alongs that we now do on Talk Sports um, with the four of us, myself, Adam Cattrall, Spencer Oliver and uh, Dom Dominic McGuinness, that did 2.3 million views. Um, and, you know, there were hundreds of thousands of people watching live. The the views all last week were extraordinary. So there's a crossover with it. It's growing. It's, mm. That's the point. It's growing. So it's, it's where we place it, how we see it, how we perceive it, how it needs to be. Um, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's certainly going to be around while Tommy Fury, Jake, the Paul brothers, Jake and Logan, KSI, and some of these other names. I think those four are the big names in it, obviously. Um, but um, I, I've forgotten his name now, the Brazilian who fought. Um, uh, Win Winderson Nunes. Winderson Nunes, yeah. I mean, he's got 60 million subscribers in Brazil alone. So yeah. a superb man as well. Um, had a little chat with him at the end. Um, it, 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 it's difficult to, I, I kind of understand the, the perspective of the purists in boxing that is it damaging boxing? I wonder whether um, young pro boxers should be on these cards as well with some of the promoters so that we have a mix of fighters. But the truth is um, the, the, the fights that resembled boxing more hushed the crowd. And the, the, the fights that were raw brawls or um, caused drama were this, were drawing what this crowd is. It's a different crowd, over 200 million YouTube subscribers from all of the people on the card, the 11th fight. So it is insane. It's kind of insane, but it's the modern world. I'd rather have a finger in it, in that pie, if you like, than not be involved at all and be sitting on the outside unaware of what it's like close up. They're very good at selling themselves. It's what they do on their platforms anyway. Mm. Like, like Dave B, Dave B, yeah, one B, of the- B Dave. B Dave, one of the tag team guys. He's a great character. <laughs> Even tweeted that, look, I just won that fight drunk and I'd had a drink. And I looked into that, Callas Owl and the promoter said, no, they are properly policed behind the scenes. Believe me, he will not have been drinking before that bout. Mm. Um, it's stuff like that to deliberately shock. Now, in the mainstream, that, that would have been a news story. Boxer drunk fights in the ring, which shouldn't be allowed. So it's the, that kind of area, that, for me, Addy, that needs to be policed if we're going to be responsible about the way we cover it. Yeah, um, I will say this, that there are a few professional boxers there whose names I won't mention, and I said, what do, what do you make of all of this? Because again, hardcore boxing fans are, you know, I was looking on social media, not very happy about it. And they said they love it. They said they want to be involved in it. They said to walk out to 20,000, when those fighters I was speaking to walk out to three or 4,000 undercard fights when a man and a dog are watching, they yeah. said, this is insane. Idris Verga, who I can mention, was on stage with me and he's an unbeaten super middleweight. And he walks out when he pro, when he pro fights to three, 400 people why would you not want to be in that scene when you know you're walking out to that? You know you're going to get the the adulation of the fans. It's packed. You were there. It's packed from 6.30 when this doesn't happen in pro boxing, unfortunately. Even the big ones, whether it be in Vegas or over here, they're not they're not packing out the arenas or stadiums until the co-main event. Where here, there was a queue. outside. I, I got into the arena around 4 o'clock. I saw a queue at 4 o'clock to get in. And Eddie Hearn was there and he must... He must have been wondering, how do I get some of this into what I do? Because there were kids there, mothers and daughters, fathers and sons. And unfortunately, boxing just has a, traditional boxing has a demographic of people. And it's struggling to kind of branch out and reach out to other demographics, isn't it? Whereas the misfits seem to tickle the boxers. There were definitely 
aren't the groups of people in the bars till the last two fights, which you get at mainstream boxing. I spoke to Idris Virgo a couple of weeks ago as well, and he was trying to line himself up for a fight with Platinum Mike Perry, wasn't he? Mm. Um, uh, who was there at round and about. Um, I spoke to Idris as well, and obviously, like you say, he's a proper boxer, 12 and 0, um, with one draw. And, and he said, I want more of this. Yeah. I, I want to be involved because um, it's, I, I'd be, I could be on some undercard at the York Hall now where there's 400 people in there and I'm done at eight o'clock in the evening and I haven't been able to create any platform for myself. He's got, he's, he's managed to contain, put in a box that arrogance he has and that fighting spirit he has, a great character. Um, and 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 put himself in that in that mix. Um, Eddie Hearn, I did speak to for the live broadcast, and he said there's always things you can learn from these. He was there with his daughter, who was giving mm. me daggers after a while, saying, "I want my dad back. I'm up. He's up here because I'm here." Mm. Um, and and I wonder. Well, he stuck to his guns because I was there in Los Angeles in 2019. Um, with a betting agent, spent a whole week there, wrote about it for the Telegraph, did a little bit for Talk Sports on um, KSI against Logan Paul, their return fight at the Staples Centre. Again, that had a massive big fight feel. Mm. Uh, I mentioned it to you before, Lil Wayne, um, Justin Bieber, Ryan Garcia, Israel Adesanya, Crazy. Um, AJ McKee, all, all the guys, everyone... Um, Baby Slice, everyone, everyone who was anyone was there. And I can't remember all the guest lists, but it was enormous. And I was sitting that night in in the VIP seats as a guest of William Hill, and it did feel enormous. And Eddie Hearn pulled away from it at that point. And on that card um, with those two guys headlining, and it was exciting, KSI and Logan Paul, and and KSI does create excitement. Devin Haney and Billy Joe Saunders were on that card. That was the problem. I just wonder whether Kalasauland might go back to that. Mm. Um, because I think the success of this, the concern is the success of this make them might make them go even more extreme in the mm. way they built this up. And it doesn't marry with the product then when you actually see the delivery of the product. So it's ah, a okay, I get you. I get you. You are correct. Like Throughout the whole week, the build-up is so big, but then unfortunately, the fights then don't really deliver, especially the co-main and main. So if you have that kind of build-up, and look, you saw Chris Eubank Jr. was on stage with me, and then yeah. you have maybe a Eubank fight, then you know you're going to get everything you want. You're going to get the carnage of the YouTuber fights, plus you're going to get something special on top with a, a pro fight. Is that what you're saying? If that was a, if that was a Misfits event on Saturday night and then you had Conor Ben and Chris Eubank headlining at the end, Ooh. that would be amazing, you know? That um, would be amazing. Yeah, it would. It would work. Um, I don't think Eddie Hearn's going to go back to that route. Do you um, not think he misses it? Do you not think he thinks I've made a mistake here? Again, when you hear the pay-per-view fight buys that have come in, um, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz did something crazy. Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury did something crazy. Do you think Eddie's probably thinking, damn, we kind of missed this one. Maybe, but he's taken his stance and he'll probably stick with it now. Um, yeah. And it makes sense to stick with it. Um, or he'll stick with it till what he's doing doesn't work. Uh, but I, I'm not in his head. And and again, I asked him, do you regret it? He said, no, that's just the, 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 the way I've decided to take it. But a promoter, I can't see a Frank Warren or a Bob Arum or a Todd DeBuff um, you know, top rank or queens, I can't see them going there because they're too long in the tooth in the boxing game to go in it, which is why even myself, um, I'd like to um, see it curated a bit more, but I don't think it will be. I think it'll get wilder. I think it'll get wackier. Um, and I just, I, I just think it was so big on Saturday night in terms of numbers and money it will have made and the drama really from yeah. Dylan Dennis um non-activity nine punches he throw he threw in in, in those six rounds we'll, and, we'll talk about that we're, okay we're we'll go to that in a minute yeah, yeah we're going to talk about the fights in itself but very very quickly final one on this one you mentioned the numbers it did for talk sport I, I was looking at the concurrent views for talk sport when you guys were doing the live watch along 80,000 people were watching you, Adam Catchell, Spence, and Don McGuinness talk. 
80,000 watching you guys yeah. watch a fight. Yeah. That, that only shows the numbers that these guys generate. I've, I've never seen anything like it. And as All you say, the people don't want to pay and they just want to get involved and watch. Yeah. 80,000 though. I know, it's big numbers. It's like everyone in Wembley Stadium watching you yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, Insane, insane numbers. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, uh, we are going to talk this weekend's action. Remember, it's Jack Catchell versus Jorge Linares. We'll hear from Eddie Hearn. We'll hear his thoughts, by the way, on Boazzi Aziz being called off. Eddie kind of predicted this a few weeks ago. Plus, we're going to talk some UFC ahead of a massive card this weekend. But up next, though, Misfits did over 1 million pay-per-view buys but did the co-main and main deliver? We will discuss. We know it's a different audience, but there's no reason it can't cross over in some respects. But, you know, just relax, enjoy it. Like I said, I'm here. Oh, and a big right hook from Logan Paul. Oh, that's the best shot. And now he's back on the ropes. Dallas is in trouble. Logan Paul starts letting the hands go to Buddy. He's unsuccessful. He's moved into MMA. He is not at any level when it comes to striking and that is being proven evident here so for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world let's get ready to rumble oh and a big right hand from KSI and Tommy Fiore was rocked back oh he takes another right hand on the way and Fiore and KSI is really going to work on the inside of China really rough up times Tommy Fiore is holding on here he wants to do what he says he's going to do tonight, he's got to somehow protect himself from that right hand. Again, a big right hand from KSI, Fury catches him on the way in. Plenty of the crowd on the feet now as Fury tries to let his hands go and now it's KSI under a bit of pressure. I'll tell you what, Dom, this is subjective scoring, what you like, what you go for. There ain't a lot in this. This fight is on a knife edge. It could go, go either way. Winner by majority decision, Tommy! Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. All right, let, let's talk about the co-main and main. Let, let's talk about the co-main first. Um, Dylan Dennis versus Logan Paul. I mean, Dylan Dennis. I mean, he, it, look, the whole build-up was a bit of a disgrace from Dylan Dennis, but it sold the fight. And, you know, some people will say it's all fair in love and war. But on the night, I mean, I don't know what he was trying to do. I mean, there was points there where he was trying to get uh, Dylan Dennis in a headlock. He was trying to, trying to tra- strangle him. And he wasn't throwing many punches. I don't know how. I think you, you said the punch stats before the break. How many punches did he throw throughout the whole night, Gareth? Nine punches. And he was hit by 80. I mean, that's just disgraceful, isn't it? Well, what, 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 what he did, I mean, first of all, um, it looked like he was playing rope-a-dope and he was looking to tire out Jake Paul, uh, Logan Paul. Um, but then after... You know, if he'd come on after two or three rounds and been aggressive, it would have worked. But he had no idea what he was doing. He didn't want to open up. He played the heel even during the fight. He took a battering for his trouble. He's facing a lawsuit from Logan Paul anyway over um, over things that he said about um, Nina Agdal, um, Logan's fiance, which were below the belt, a lot of it, you know, and it, and, and quite emotive, but quite insidious attacks trolling him on online in the build-up. Although he told me for an interview for Talk Sport, I was just selling the event. Yeah. And he's very good at doing that. Um, he's made extraordinary career out playing the heel on social media. Um, but then you could see as the fight went on, he was incredibly frustrated, went for the headlock, um, dropped to the ground in about the fifth round, didn't he? And, um, and then the sixth round dropped and tried to do an up kick, which I thought was outrageous. And then went aggressively after the final bell to try and hit Logan Paul. And, you know, beside us where we were sitting, a huge phalanx of huge security guys and on the other side, they knew it was going to kick off. I, I'd mentioned it to you. I'd even, I'd even said on the broadcast, I can see Dylan Dennis not wanting to take an L on his records, a loss, but wanting to try and get disqualified. And that's exactly what he did. He got disqualified. Um, it was it was not, it, it was bringing the sport into disrepute. I spoke to Calla Sauerland afterwards who said, you know, there will be um, some action taken. They'll probably get suspended from being involved in Misfits events for his comportment. Um, so yeah, um, not great. 
Not great at all. You know, we've been speaking about Dylan Dennis. Let's hear from Dylan. He was speaking to Talk TV and he said that Logan is not a real fighter and that Logan, as you said uh, there, Gareth, is more interested in suing him. He, he wanted to sue off. This is, this is what he wanted. He didn't want to fight. He wanted me to pull out this fight. And he learned it was real when he did that water ball and he threw at me and I hit him with that mic, cut his face on but I gave him almost like a concussion. So he knew it was real. He knew what he, he's not a real fighter. He's not a real, he's an entertainer. You know, mm -hmm. he's not built for this. Uh, Dylan Dennis there speaking to Talk TV. He won't stop talking. He won't stop talking. And uh, you know what? I think, I think he carried the promotion. I really do. I mean, I know it was KSI versus Tommy Fury, and I know Logan's got the machine behind him with Jake Paul. But for me, this was all about Dylan Dennis. He was the mystery all week. And, and even to the point of, and I don't agree with this, to the point where he threw the mic at, at Logan, it almost added, I think, a couple more thousand pay-per-view buys because everyone was like, okay, is Logan going to fight? Um, look, clearly can't box. I, I think look, you've followed his career for a long time. I mean, his thing is BJJ, he can't box. I mean, we never saw any footage of him boxing uh, in the no. lead up to this. There was a little um, bit. There was a I little bit. I was there, yeah. Oh, yes, there was. There was, and it was horrendous. Yeah. To the point where I thought it wasn't real. But I'm with you. I thought he was doing the rope-a-dope thing. Yeah. And then after two rounds, I was like, okay, this isn't working. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I, I found him I found him interesting. I found oh, him he's like, a very interesting guy. I've yeah. known him for 10 years. He's, he's fascinating. He gave me a fantastic interview in the build-up. For mm. talk sport, it did massive numbers as well, and he, he's a very, very interesting character. Um, but this was the biggest misfits mismatch I've seen. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it probably is. Do you think he stays in this space though? Like with the amount of money he generated for misfits and the zone for himself, you've never ever had anything like this as a payday. Do you think he decides to like you know maybe I play around in this space? Do you think people will be interested in seeing Dylan Dennis fight again because of what happened? That's a very good point. He will face a suspension or some kind of punishment, but they'll have him back in the space. The problem is, um, can he deliver? Can he deliver a boxing match? That's where they'll need to talk to him because um, that's where the action up to the bell was phenomenal between him and Logan Paul. I didn't condone, of course, what he did with the microphone, which was in retaliation to a water bottle being thrown at him, by the way, which I didn't see that footage till the Friday Mm. Uh, after it happened on Thursday, the immediate footage looked like Dylan Dennis got in close and, and threw the microphone, and it was vicious. He, when it he threw out. that with some weight. Yeah. He did. He threw that with a lot more weight. He threw his left hand in the fight, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so um, he didn't deliver on, um, on the night in those 18 minutes in the fight. That It was, it was stultifying to watch. Um, it was confusing. It didn't entertain. And um, if he's going to do that again, I don't see a place. But there's a place for him promotionally because of what he's been able to create with the noise around it. Yeah, maybe a future in the WWE uh, yeah. where you don't physically have to throw hands rather than misfits boxing. All right, let's talk about the main event, uh, KSI versus Tommy Fury. Before we get into the should Tommy Fury just stay in this scene because maybe he isn't a good enough boxer to compete in real boxing, who did you have winning the fight? Well, this I've is controversial. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I saw you writing it down. I was behind you as you were writing it down all night. And I think I disagreed with one of the 10 nines, but it yeah. was difficult. I mean, I, I gave uh, KSI the first round 10-9. Yeah. And I gave the second round 10-8 to KSI. Yeah. And then I gave Tommy Fury the next four rounds. Um, Does that mean Tommy? 10, nine. They, were both, they were all close. They were yeah. all close. Yeah. The, the um, fact it was close... Is that like a black eye on Tommy Fury, the pro, the pro boxer who's been doing it since he was six, right? Put on gloves for the first time, such a young age. Shouldn't Tommy Fury really be running through these guys like like a hot knife through butter? Like, what would Vidal Riley do to a KSI? Well, Vidal Riley's a lot bigger than him. Yeah, he would hurt him and knock him out. He wouldn't though, because they're friends. Remember? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Vidal was there, of course, doing his own thing. I think. Um... I, I, I've got to commend KSI mm. because I think he made himself difficult to fight. Um, I love that Michael Van Page stance that he had developed with shoot fighters, London shoot fighters with Dimitriado's brothers, Alexis particularly. Um, and yeah, I think, I think he shocked Tommy Fury early with his speed and that right hand that landed. And that was what he was successful with for at least two rounds in the bout. 
and and Tommy Fury couldn't work him out. He's too mm -hmm. much of a novice to work Dylan uh, to work KSI out, and probably should have stood back and just boxed. Yeah, I think used his jab. Um, but it was close, um, and it was. I, I actually thought, given that it was Misfits promotion, it was KSI's card that the judges might have swayed towards KSI. Same, but I couldn't believe it. I was like, I, I, that's when you know that there's no corrupt scorecards in Misfits. Yeah. If any, this was going to go to KSI. As soon as it, I knew it was close, I was like, okay, KSI's got this. And yeah, I thought that. Crazy. And yeah. they they announced it as a majority decision, but it was actually a unanimous decision. One of the cards was counted up wrong. How, so, how do you count up a six-round card wrong? I don't know. I, I <laughs> how can you not count that. six rounds? Um, but it, it was... It was I, I found myself very impressed with KSI and what he's done. Mm. Um, or is that a reflection on how poor Tommy Fury is? KSI believes they tight, they clinched a lot, didn't they? Um, I thought Tommy Fury got um, a point deducted very early in the bout. I think he'd caught KSI only a couple of times around the back of the head at that point because it happened afterwards and nothing really yeah. was yeah. done about it. But it was very close um, for the relief of boxing, Tommy Fury won. And I think just how close it was, we'll probably see another one between them when the dust settles. You know, as I was watching it, all, all I was thinking about, and maybe this is on reflection, if this did one point, let's just say one million, because we're not quite sure about the numbers, what would KSI versus Jake Paul do? Huge. My, my Lord. Huge. Like just it's yeah. <laughs> sort of ridiculous. Like, yeah. and if I'm Tommy Fury, I want to stay in this space. Like Tommy Fury, every time I spoke to him, he kept on talking about I'm gonna be the death of this crossover boxing scene. I'm thinking, no, 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 no. You should want it to stay alive because this is your space. It's fantastic for you. Forget trying to become an English, what would he be? Cruiserweight? Because he's not making 175. Yeah. We'd have to yeah. go up. Forget that. I, I think that's a, a bit of a pipe dream right now. Stay in this space. Fight Logan, call out Jake for the rematch, call out KSI because you make millions and you'll fight in front of arenas like this. It, it, it's you, it's okay. I, I get why he wants to be a pro boxer, I understand it, the Fury name, but it's fine just staying in this space. Yeah, and, and there's there's PR reports, PR guru reports that I've had emailed to me saying that, you know, by 2025, he'll have earned another 10 million from these kind of fights. And the, but the, the the other thing is the the astronomical one is and it's doable is him against Conor McGregor, you know KSI. No, no, Tommy Fury against Tommy Conor Fury. McGregor. Okay, okay, that's okay. Gonna, that would do massive numbers. All like, of them. If Tommy Fury did, uh, beat, um, you know, he could fa face Logan Paul. He could face KSI in a rematch. He could rematch with with Jake Paul. Um, but then if Conor McGregor got involved in the mix, and what I'm hearing is he's obviously returning to the UFC. I know we're going to talk about it later. Um, if Conor McGregor got in the mix, you're talking tens of millions is going to earn yeah. you know, for that. Yeah. So he, he doesn't need to go to that other space right now. Um, they always say get in and out in boxing, keep your health and, and earn as much money as you can. Yeah. He's got a good problem right now, not, not a, a bad problem. Stay with it, go with it. That's his space. He's going to have to deal maybe mentally and physio um, psychologically with. He's never going to be a world champion in 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 regular boxing, in regular pro boxing. But it won't matter in a couple of years' time. Yeah. Just before we leave the misfits world, do you think it survives without those four? So the four that we saw, plus I guess you chuck in Jake Paul to the mix as well, like. Isn't the, the hope for Mams Taylor and Callis Allen that they can put on pay-per-view events, not massive ones like that, that's that's a Super Bowl event, but can they put on smaller ones without the inclusion of those four guys, maybe plus a Jake Paul? How, how does that work? The problem they'll have is that someone else will come along who can do what they can do in terms of generating interest and PR and promotion. Um, and... We always say this in boxing, who are going to be the next stars that yeah, sustain sport? Yeah, yeah. I think it would be the same in that milieu. And the bottom line with all of this is they've attached themselves onto this sport. The word, I mean, in a way, they've hijacked the platform in some ways. Um, 
you know yourself, it's why we love fight sports. There is so much drama to watching two people fighting. <clears throat> it's almost human nature to look at people having a row. You, it, it, your human instincts, the instincts in your brain make you want to engage with it or run away from it or whatever it be, flight or fight. Even as, a, as an observer, and I think this attraction the drama, the theatre that fight sports creates. Mm. It will get celebrity MMA in the end as well. Yeah. And I don't. I just don't think it's going away, Eddie. And a lot of people won't like it. They won't even like me saying this. But I don't think it's going away. I just think it's going to grow. We think it could end with the Logan, with the with the Paul brothers, KSI, and and Tommy Fury. And that's going to be the group. But. There's going to be some other youngster that comes through who's got 100 million subscribers soon, who's got some athleticism about them. Bryce Hall I met on the train on the way up. Um, he, he's a former state wrestler uh, or university wrestler or, or college or, or high school wrestler. He's got 6 million followers. He came over to make his name. He was shouting at Logan, Logan Paul at the press conference. Yeah, asking about they, steroids. They, it will grow. It will grow. And, and what they might do... It's working over here more than it's working in the States at the moment, I think. It might grow there. It might grow in Brazil. It might grow somewhere else. I, I, I just have an instinct that this will be milked and marketed for all it's worth. Yeah, interesting. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to talk the UFC ahead of a big card this weekend. Also, we'll talk about their split with USADA. Very interesting, that. But up next, we'll look ahead to the weekend and talk about the collapse of Boatsy versus Aziz and look ahead to Catchall versus Linares. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. think it's strange to get an injury on the Tuesday fight week. I mean, it very rarely happens when you've gone through camp. I mean, this is really a period where you're not really doing that much. You're tapering down on your weight. You're not having any strenuous sessions. You're not doing any S&C. But of course, injuries can happen at any time. So I'm sure it's very legitimate. Um, and it's a shame because, you know, Boatsy's career has really stalled horrifically. And, you know, he needs to get himself a shot at the world title. And that was the, hopefully the fight that was going to do it. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. All right, before we talk about uh, Catchall and Nara, that's the fight card that is happening this weekend in Liverpool. Remember, it's live on the zone. Let's quickly talk about the cancellation of Joshua Boazzi versus Dan Aziz. Um, so many conspiracy theorists uh, running around talking about ticket sales potentially being a reason. The official reason, or the reason or the line that Ben Shalom and Boxer have put out is that Dan Aziz hurt his back and that's why the fight is off. Um, other people believe that ticket sales were so bad that they had to call it off. And there's been there's been rumours about this fight being pulled for the last two or three weeks. Do you know anything, Gareth? I know your ear is to the ground. Do you know why it has been pulled? Is it because of Dan Aziz's back? Are there any other issues behind the scenes that we don't know about? 
Well, I've heard Eddie Hearn's comments on on Talksport. Obviously, you know he's politicising there. Um, we don't have any evidence um, from anyone or the O2 that ticket sales weren't going well. I mean, it's a big venue to fill, mm. and neither of these guys have a massive following yet. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a fight that definitely ignites huge interest, certainly in the boxing world. Um, but when you can see it on Sky and you don't have to go to the arena and you're not an avid follower of these guys, maybe there was an issue with ticket sales. I don't know that for certain. Um, you know, there's been um, a, a deal, of course, with Boxer and NBC announced this week as well as got a lot of push from uh, a lot of the boxers involved signed up with Ben Shalom and Boxer. Um, and that's a pity for them as well, because that was going to be their first show this weekend, I believe, on NBC, um, which is a big deal, by the way. Um, that's a big station in America. Um, if it is down to ticket sales, then that's a real shame. I think they should have pressed on with it. Or if it is down to ticket sales, go for a smaller venue, not a 17,000, 18,000 seater venue. Copper Box would have been perfect for it. Um, but you have to go with the fact that this is a huge fight for Dan Aziz. It's very late in the day to call the injury, but we have seen this before. Boxers pulling out very late. Um, it's a massive fight for Dan Aziz. Um, it's one that really sends him down the ladder if he's beaten by Boatsy, because it's bragging rights. It's a friendship broken. Um, it, it's, it's the march to world title. Um, glory and also Aziz, along with Lee Woods, the, the 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 featherweight world champion, is probably the most improved boxer in the UK in the last 24, 30 months. So yeah, yeah. not on the line here. I don't want to speculate too hard that it's down to ticket sales. Um, and if it is, it's a great pity. It, it is because I think potentially you're looking at a fight of the year candidate because you've got two guys here that will just throw. Now, I think we've seen Dan Aziz in the last 24 months, and I agree with you, so improved. Um, he's done it the right way as well, the old school, traditional way. You don't really see it anymore. Southern area, English, British, Commonwealth, European. He's ticked all those boxes. And this would have been his, I don't know, assault on the world level, right? You beat yeah. Joshua Boatsy, you then potentially, who knows, you might get a crack. We've seen it before. Guys get that, that opportunity. So it is disappointing. And it's disappointing as well that they don't have the fan bases to sell the O2 arena because it's that kind of fight that really should be able to do the O2 arena, but it kind of goes back to the misfits guys. It they does. Sell and, and selling yourself and using mm. the platform and, you know, maybe having a little bit of pushing and shoving and not being nice to each other. Although, you know, the week before Josh Warrington and Lee Wood, yeah. but nice guys, gentlemen fighters that had 10,000 at the utility arena. You were there with them. It was an extraordinary mm. night. Great fight. Brilliant performance by Lee Wood in the end and a great performance by Josh Warrington. Generated a lot of interest. But, you know, if we are talking about what I was interested in in this fight particularly, and I, I hope it still does go ahead, was just how much Dan Aziz would have pushed Joshua Boatsy to get the very best out of him. And because Dan Aziz is a momentum fighter, you know, great jab, we saw that in, was it the Hosea Burton fight? I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Where it was really impressive. Um, and, you know, it was a it was a fight that I believed would get the very best out of Joshua Boatsy. I'd picked him to win on a razor-tight points decision. Um, and unfortunately, we're not going to see it right now. And they're going to be desperately disappointed because it was a big build-up in lots of ways. They had the box park in Croydon one afternoon. They, yeah. They've had to put their friendship aside, you know, thousands of rounds apparently they've sparred together, you know. They, they've done ice baths together. They've they've they put to one side, compartmentalised a friendship to, to have a fight. And it, they looked uncomfortable with each other at times, I've got to say, as well. Mm. Um, because they're not, they're both good guys, yeah. They're both good guys being bad in there. Uh, in the ring and so it's a very odd situation and and I was really looking forward to being there for Talk Sport as well on Saturday night such a shame yeah um, I do want to talk about Catchall Linares and we will get onto it I promise for everyone listening but a, a quick thought on, on Ben Shalom and his time 
as a promoter for boxer and I don't I don't want to simply put it to a question for you as successful or not successful but on a scale of one to ten one being not successful and ten being very where, where are we is that a difficult question to answer if it no, is no because no, no, I, no, I can answer it in the way I'm going to answer it which is he's been in it two years it's mm -hmm. a process yeah um he was thrown very much in the deep end look I mean I know all the promoters I speak to everyone He's a very young promoter, learning on the job. It's a process. Um, you're going to make enemies naturally as a promoter. It's a very tough industry to be in. Donald Trump never made it as a promoter in America, you know. He certainly tried. He tried, but he didn't make it. Um, you know, maybe it's harder than being elected president of the United States, <laughs> in other words. Um, so I think, you know... Eddie Hearn's kind of taken him to task over a few things and taken him apart when, you know, with the, with the Fabio Wardley, Fraser Clark situation. Yeah. Um, Richard Riappor, Apataya. Yeah, Richard Riappor and Apataya. You know, as I just said, people are going to be your enemies naturally as a promoter because it's all about being top dog. There aren't many. He's very prominent. He's in a very prominent position with Sky Sports. And you know, this will be seen as a body blow. I remember last year when that women's card uh, uh, stopped because of the Queen's passing, yeah. Queen Elizabeth II's passing. They did a brilliant job of, of reigniting that card six weeks later and kept it all intact. And so they've done some really good things. You know, they've got a, a group of next generation fighters coming through. Caroline Dubois, Lauren Price, um, Adam Azim, um, you know, ben Whitaker. Sorry, Ben Whitaker. Ben Whitaker. They've signed up a group of cruiserweights in Riyadh, and Nicole and Billum Smith, which they can create exciting fights from. They've got a lot of great foundations there. Um, they've just signed a deal with NBC. This is just things that happen in boxing. You know, it's it. You've got to deal with your casualties as well as your successes. Indeed. All right, let's move on to Catch Lunaris. It is a fight that does happen this weekend in Liverpool as well. Before we um, speak about the fight, let's hear from Eddie Hearn, who spoke about Jack Catchell and says he needs a statement win over Jorge Linares and that he does want the rematch with Josh Taylor to happen as well. Catchell's like the uncrowned, undisputed world champion, isn't he? I mean, yeah. Everybody knows. You know, I know scoring's subjective and Josh Taylor's a great fighter, but I don't think one person watched that fight who didn't think he, he deserved to be undisputed. Um, that night and it's been a tough road back for him since then had a good win last time out but steps up the levels on Saturday big show for us in Liverpool and a really good fight you know Jorge Linares who is coming towards the end of his career has boxed four Brits you know Luke Campbell Anthony Crawler twice and Kevin Mitchell beat every one of them but you know it's his last roll of the dice really in, in big time fights but he's trained hard he's back with Ismail Salas but Jack needs to make a statement you know we, we want to make that Josh Taylor rematch in January or February next year. It'll be a huge rematch to make, but he's got to look good on Saturday night. Yeah, Catchall Linares. I have to be honest with you, when this fight was announced, I remember the reception from the fight fans wasn't a good one, right? Just because most people view Linares as, you know, in not-so-polite terms, it has been, right? His, his best days are way behind him. I mean, I remember as a fan being at the O2 Arena and seeing Linares and Kevin Mitchell go to war, yeah. which was an incredible fight. That must have been about seven years ago. Uh, and Linares has suffered a few defeats since then. Devin Haney as well a couple of years back. Um, but it's done so well. I think they've sold nearly 7,000 tickets for this, which shocks me, but they have. Uh, for Catchall, obviously, look, he needs to get over the Josh Taylor defeat. He's had a fight since then. He looked good in that one. Josh Taylor's going to be ringside for it. They are trying to make that fight. Um, he needs to look good again. He needs to show that he is one of the top 140-pounders and that Linares is what I just said, kind of a has-been. Yeah, well, Linares is 38. He's going into his wow. 56th fight. Kevin Mitchell was eight and a half years ago. Wow. Yeah, wow. So um, I was there that night. It was a terrific fight. And uh, uh, Mitchell had his moments in that fight as well. Um, what a card that was, by the way. I remember yeah, that fight. I'm, I'm, I was astounded. Look at the name. Put it up, please. And look, uh, yeah, I'm really at the names on that. It's insane. That, was, um, that night was um i do remember it being an extraordinarily brilliant card as i just go down here it was um, Kel brook frankie gavin am i correct it was jorge linares and kevin mitchell 
Yevgeny Gradovich and Lee Selby. Oh, God. Um, John Ryder and Nick Blackwell. <laughs> it's a ridiculous card. Uh, Cal Brook and Frankie Gavin. I thought so, yeah. Scotty Cardall and Craig Evans. Anthony Joshua and Kevin Johnson. <laughs> Nathan <laughs> Cleverly and Thomas Mann. You don't uh, get cards like that in my team now. No, it was a very, very good card. Um, what I would say... Um, is Linares is tailor made for for this Jack Catterall? Um, you know, Linares can fight off both feet. That Linares can fight off both feet. He is, I say, thirty eight. He's mm. been a, a multiple world champion at three weight divisions below um, one hundred forty pounds, ten stone as well. He's been a, a world champion at featherweight, super featherweight, and lightweight. So again, he's overmatched. In in this contest, and Catterall is a big, strong, uh, light welterweight for me. Um, Catterall hasn't really lost if you look at it either. He mm. had the run out against Dara Foley in May, ten round points decision. Um, and outside that, you, most people would say he beat Josh Taylor. I mean, I had him winning by a couple of points in that fight, so he's kind of undefeated. So mm. it's, it's a fascinating um, night for. Jack Catchell, and he basically can't lose. Yeah, he can't. And I mean, there is a, a big fight in that the, the super lightweight division. Uh, obviously, December 9th, Regis Proge versus Devin Haney. I'm not saying Jack should get the winner of that fight, but if if I'm Jack and I put a performance in, I'm knocking on Eddie's door. It's the same promotional banner. Saying, Eddie, I want one of those guys. Or a Ryan Garcia is in the division. Or can you get a Tiafimo Lopez over? Like Jack needs a big fight, or again, I mentioned the guy that's going to be ringside, Josh Taylor. It needs to be a big fight for him next. Yeah, well, well he was lined up to Jack Catchell was lined up to fight um, Regis, uh, Regis Progre under the Sky and Boxer banner, wasn't he? Mm. Um, a few months back, if I recall rightly, I think um, it might have been the Dazone banner. It might was the Dazone banner. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm sure about that. But anyway, one of us is right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of us is right. One of us is wrong. But but yeah, it's it's a fight he's got to win, um, and he's got to keep ticking over, because um, Josh Taylor isn't coming back till January. I'm hearing. So um, I spoke to him a couple of weeks ago. He's not coming back till January. All right, good. Let's end this way. Uh, you're listening to Fight Extra on Talksport Two. Next up, we are going to switch gears and we're going to talk some MMA. Huge, huge UFC card this weekend. Plus, Conor McGregor is nearing a return, but at what cost to Yasada? Welcome back to Final Extra on Talk Sport 2. Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis. A lot of you guys always message me and say, Adi, you don't talk enough MMA on the Final Extra. Well, here you go. Big UFC card this weekend. You know what it is? When there are big UFC cards, trust me, me and Gareth will talk about them. And this is a big one. UFC 294, which takes place in Abu Dhabi. And by the way, I mean, if you are the zone or you were boxer, this is frightening. To have this kind of card on at exactly the same time as your two fight cards is a problem because... You look at what they've got going on in these cards. It's incredible. Uh, when Paolo Costa and Charles Oliveira were ruled out, I thought that was that. All of a sudden, Volkanovski and Kamara Usman comes in, and one could argue the replacement, <laughs> the replacement fights are better than the original fights. I don't know if that's the case with Paolo Costa and Kamara, but this is exciting. This is what the UFC can do. People will step up on short notice and make these cards happen, won't they? They will. And, and you know, it's... What they've got around these weight divisions is such strong rosters and such such strong history in the events. Obviously, the 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 the, the, the featherweight king Volkanovski fighting the lightweight king um, is a fight in which we've already seen it happen once, and we yeah. know it's a great fight. We know that Volkanovski is almost indestructible. Can he do it the second time around? It was a unanimous points loss for him. But he almost came out with his stock risen, didn't he, yeah. in that fight? So you can see it happen again. As I say, it's all down to the strength of their roster um, at, uh, what are we talking, middleweight and lightweight, aren't we? Mm. So, it, you know, they've rescued the event. The Abu Dhabi event is always traditionally a big event. It's an area that they moved into uh, in their expansion days. And they, they weren't going to let UFC 294 
collapse under the weight of injuries. Yeah. Um, I remember the Abu Dhabi event when they went to Fight Island a couple of years ago, obviously during COVID. And that was the emergence. That was the first time we had really seen Kamzat Shemayev when he fought two days, sorry, two times in 10 days in different weight class. I think he had a fight at 170. Then 10 days later, he had a fight at 185. Um, he is, and I always ask you about this, who's the next superstar within the UFC that they're struggling to get the next pay-per-view king? And I, I guess Dana White looks at him as that guy, potentially. Um, him versus Paolo Costa would have been intriguing for me. It isn't Paolo Costa, it is Kamara Usman, who is coming off those back-to-back -back defeats to Leon Edwards. What can Kamara do against Kamzat at 185? I mean, I think he well might well be one of the big stars um, coming up. Um, I think... Doesn't fight enough, though, does he? It doesn't fight enough, and I don't know if... Again, when we're talking, we've talked misfits today, we talked about Conor McGregor, how people resonate with the public. I mean, interestingly, you've got Makachev in one of these fights, Chimaev in, in, in the middleweight fight. You've got um, Ankalaev, Magomed Ankalaev at light heavyweight. Ikram Aliskerov, Saeed Nurmagomedov, Islam, um, basically on that main card, you've got Eastern European fighters because... They are the ones who are commanding um, huge respect in the way they fight at the moment. They're the kryptonite for everyone else at the moment. Um, but know, they're not the needle movers, are they? They're not, but they're not exactly. But they're yeah. not needle movers because they don't sell in the same way. They tend mm. to be very devout Islamic followers and Muslims. Um, you know, they follow Islam. They, they, they're very respectful. They don't want people to cross the line with them. You know, it's, it's like that horrible clash we had between Conor McGregor and Khabib Nurmagomedov. It, it, it never worked. Mm. And it was seen as deeply personal and insulting um, by Nurmagomedov. And, you know, I was reminding Adam Cattrall on Saturday night that we shouldn't... He was saying that it was terrible the way that some of the misfits were behaving. And I said, well, it, worse than the misfits was that brawl in Vegas with Manoma um, Gamedov's team and Conor McGregor after the fight, that they couldn't leave it. They couldn't let it go. Having said that, he'd thrown a dolly, a metal dolly at a bus in New York and all sorts of things by then and um, probably deserved that as comeuppance at the time. I mean, he, he behaved terribly for, mm. for a year and a half. But um, it, it, look, it's all, the UFC... I, I was listening to the PFL's Don Davis, the co-owner of the um, of the Professional Fighters League on TalkSport yesterday, saying how they're the biggest, second biggest organisation in MMA now. They've got a long, long way to go to catch the UFC up. Tournament format does <clears> work. <throat> They've got great backing. And he said, you know, we've got 45% of the audience. These are all stats that look amazing. and They've got a great game plan. But no one touches the UFC in terms of numbers globally around the world. You know, they just don't. It's, it's, they've built such a big, they've just, they can take anyone on. And they, you know, they're, they're worth 18 billion. And then now they've aligned with the WWE, of course. They're just yeah, no, such a huge, they're such a huge cruising sporting vessel. Yeah, they, the monopoly that they, they have. No, no, the monopoly they have on MMA is insane um, yeah. to the point where people think MMA is UFC. Yeah, exactly. Like you ask, yeah, you ask kids or casual fans, and they, they actually call MMA UFC, which is which is incredible. They don't, they can't differentiate between the two. They don't know that UFC is a promotional company, and MMA is the actual the art. If you well, like. for a long time, Bellator did a great job of trying to grow, but then they reached a sticking point, and you know, it, again, Showtime have come out of boxing. Um, and um, are just coming out of boxing at the end of the year, and and Bellator um, went under that umbrella uh, yeah. with Viacom. So I, I wonder what's going to happen with Bellator because it's a great organisation. There'll be rumours that they were trying to sell it. Um, you know, when when Bellator was just part of Viacom and they had a DAZN deal, I mean, I was working very closely with them at the time. It felt like it was going up and up and up. They signed a deal with BBC iPlayer, um, but it, it seemed to just then stick without kind of mushrooming again. And the UFC have found a way of doing it. They've never, they've always growing. They're always getting bigger. They're always expanding. 
Mm. You know, they haven't even gone to India. We've talked about this before. Sorry, they haven't even gone properly into Africa yet. Remember? Yeah, and that's a, a spot that and look, I wanted them to get there for years, and hopefully, fingers crossed, in my lifetime, they'll yeah. go there because oh, they will. But they have to. They have to because they've got so many African fighters. It'll be stupid not to. Um, I want to talk about the big sort of news that broke last week, and that's the relationship between the UFC and USADA is no longer, or at least will cease to exist come the start of uh, 2024. Um, now, this has been lined with the return of Conor McGregor, or at least it looks yep. like that anyway, where Conor McGregor's wanting to return. He has to go into USADA testing pool for six months, uh, which means he won't really be allowed to fight until my maths are correct, February or March. The UFC want him to fight in January. There is a lot of talk about a big event in Saudi Arabia, which Conor McGregor will headline. And that's it now. The UFC and USADA are parted. This is crazy. I, I I find this crazy. I find the idea of if if this is true that USADA have parted because of them not allowing or wanting Conor McGregor to come back sooner than he should. This is insane. It is. Well, well, um, the 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 it has been the return of Conor McGregor has been the fulcrum for the for the reporting um, on this, um, but. I think what when you look at um, the rows between USADA, the USADA CEO Travis Tygart mm. and Dana White and Jeff Nowitzki uh, from within the UFC, um, there's a a lot of assumption that Conor McGregor was going to be given a free pass to get back in. Like you say, six months is the testing pool time, um, but I think the UFC were unhappy with the, with the process that USADA were using, not with Conor McGregor, but in general. And I think, like you say, my belief is as well that Conor McGregor will fight at the end of the Riyadh season on that mm. USC card. It makes sense. Mm. Um, not right now, it, it isn't announced, but um, I've got people nudging me up, um, I can reveal, who are saying that, there are talks for Conor McGregor to fight on that card. Yeah, heard in, the same. In Riyadh, yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I had a call earlier today from someone that wanted to talk about that. Um, there's relationships with the Riyadh season and Conor McGregor individuals involved. Um, with Conor McGregor and the Riyadh season, there's individuals involved have relationships, business relationships. So it makes absolute sense. And as we've seen with the Saudi Arabians. They're really serious about putting on the biggest events with the biggest names. They want to put Fury and Nagano on next week. Obviously, we're heading over there, aren't we? Uh, mm -hmm. The week to, to be involved in that um, for various outlets, both of us. Um, and outside that, over and above that, um, you know, they want to do Fury and Alexander Usyk. So it makes absolute sense. Having signed a deal last week with the UFC for an event that they'll sign Conor McGregor. Um, I don't think um, that the UFC would do something so blatant as say we're quitting with USADA to get Conor McGregor back. It's happened in the past. I mean, Misha Tate and Brock Lesnar were two athletes that got special exemptions to come back um, after having tested, by the way. Yeah, um, Mark, Hunt, Mark Hunt only just ended that suit with the UFC. Obviously, it didn't work out for him, but he was yeah. spinning. So again, sorry to... People probably okay. listen and think of what I'm talking about, but Brock Lesnar fought Mark Hunt, uh, a New Zealand fighter. Um, and obviously Brock Lesnar hadn't done the full testing and he looked like a giant on the night and Mark Hunt tried to sue the UFC and he's failed. And he's tried to go to numerous courts and I think he's, his last one was a couple of months ago and he's failed in that as well. But yeah, sorry to cut across you, Gareth, I thought I'd just add that in. Well, no, the, the, um, USADA announced that, um, that they're ending... Um, their relationship with the UFC after eight years. Um, and, and they have called into question the motives of the UFC for parting ways with them. But obviously Conor McGregor was announced that day as well as, uh, as, as that he'd re-entered the, um, the, the testing pool. So it's, it's, it's very, it's always a Machiavellian process. Um, McGregor will be tested and McGregor will come back and McGregor will probably get an opponent he'll beat on the night in the to end the Riyadh season. We'll probably be there in March covering it. 
Um, so it's going to be a fascinating situation, him coming back. He was supposed to be there on Saturday night, but he wasn't there, was he? Yeah. Um, you know, um, for for Dylan Dennis. Yeah. Uh, but, I, but I wonder whether he was uh, staying out of it. Because he's been very prominent in the boxing world in the last few months. He has. I, he's I, been I really, sponsoring I do everything. find with him, he's turned a corner. And, and I do get the feeling that he really wants to be back in the industry. Now, let's hope he comes back to anything like he was before. Give me 20% of the old Connor and I'll, I'll sign up and take it. Uh, Gareth, as always, my man, fascinating hour. Really enjoyed it. Loads we covered there. And I look forward to speaking to you next week again. And I'll see you, as you say, in Saudi Arabia as well. See you in Saudi, my brother. Take care, my man. Cheers.